0: And welcome back. My name is Dustin. This is Empty Tomb Radio, and we're studying the book of Matthew. You know this already, so I doubt you'd jump in on the 20th episode. <laughs> is anybody out there? Can you hear me? Hold on one second. How's that? Is that better? Is that better? You can hear me? Alright. So, Matthew 20, Matthew 20, oh man, I'm going to be so sad when I finish the book of Matthew because it seemed like I was never going to finish and now it's like, wow, I don't have much left and things are really heating up. So yeah, it's me before long, Matthew's going to be, Matthew's going to be behind us. Yeah, I've learned a lot so far, so I have a lot more to learn, and I know I'm missing a lot of stuff, so I'd like to do another study of Matthew, where I don't have to worry about what I'm going to say, and I can just <laughs> see what other people said about it. I guess I'm doing that now, too, but anyways, I'm just rambling over here. I hope you guys liked my origin story, how Empty Tomb Radio got its name. That is a true story. I forgot to say what happened at the at the end of that at the church with the threats and stuff. Nothing ever happened. Like nobody came and nobody causing the disruptions or anything. We were good. Like it was there was nothing. I forgot. I just kind of left everyone hanging. Someone was like, "Hey, what happened? <laughs> you didn't tell us. Did anyone come cause trouble?" No, nobody came. Nobody caused trouble. Everything was good. It was smooth sailing and. 99% of the people that were at that building had no idea that was going to happen. So, who knows how many times that happens now. Um, so, yeah, good times, good memories. Those are definitely good memories. So, me take a sip of water. I don't have my normal Bible with me today. I have this little pocket Bible, and the words are so small. The font is so small told you before, I'm like an elderly 31-year-old, so (laughs) Uh, let's say a quick prayer and we'll get right into Matthew 20. Dear Heavenly Father, I thank you for all my friends, all my brothers and sisters in Christ that are hearing this, Lord. Please speak through me. Please help me understand what is being taught. Please help these words sink into our hearts, Father, so we can live Live by your word each and every day. We can find our place in your kingdom. In the powerful name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Matthew 20. So usually in my notebook, I have college line notebook and I have, you know, three to four pages maxed out with handwritten notes. Matthew 20, I have one and a half pages. And we'll have many notes on this chapter, and you'll see why. Um, the teachings are—I mean, there, there's, there's some, some background that that is to be explored for sure. But we, uh, a lot of these teachings here, kind of speak for themselves, and we'll find out. So, if you haven't read twenty. It's okay. Uh, We'll go through it together. I'll break it down as best I can. I have it kind of separated in little sections, bits by bits. And uh, I actually learned a lot when I was going through and taking notes, some stuff that I haven't noticed before. It's amazing. Once you start paying attention line by line, how much stuff you actually miss if you read the Bible. If you read the Bible like a novel, you're going to miss stuff. Uh, And I've missed a lot of stuff. So let's get into it. 20, verse 1. Words in red here is Jesus speaking. So verse 30 in the last chapter 19 ended with, but many that are first shall be last and the last shall be first. Boom. Then Jesus goes into this parable here. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. And when he had agreed with the laborers, for a penny a day, he sent them to his vineyard. Okay, so we have a guy who owns a vineyard. He needs people to work in it, so he goes to the marketplace. The marketplace is where the people would hang out in the morning, where they didn't have work, they'd go there and bring all their tools and stuff. They get picked up. These would be like your guys outside of Home Depot or outside the, you know, uh, the gas station in your small town or whatever. Where they're gonna wait for somebody to pick them up. And the guy says, hey, get in the car, come work in my vineyard, and I'll give you a penny for your work today. Um, Your Bible might say denarius. Uh, That is a one day's wage for your average laborer back then, the denarius. So, verse 3. And he went out about the third hour and saw others standing idle in the marketplace. And he said unto them, Go ye also to the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, I will give you. And they went their way. Again, he went out about the sixth and the ninth hour, and did likewise. And about the eleventh hour, he went out and found others standing idle, and saith unto them, Why stand ye here all the day idle? They say unto him, Because no man hath hired us. He saith unto them, Go ye also into the vineyard, and whatsoever is right, that shall ye receive. So when... Even was come the Lord of the vineyard saith unto his steward, Call the laborers and give them their hire, beginning from the last unto the first. And when they came, they were hired about the eleventh hour. They received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they should have received more, and they likewise received every man a penny. And when they had received it, They murmured against the good man of the house, saying, These last have wrought but one hour, and thou hast made them equal unto us which have borne the burden and the heat of the day. But he answered one of them and said, Friend, I do thee no wrong. Didst not thou agree with me to take a penny? Take that thine is, and go thy way. I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. Is it not lawful for me me to do what I will with my own? Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first and the first last. For many be called, but few be chosen. Okay, so that ends in verse 16. I just wanted to finish the parable in its entirety. If you weren't following along with my old English in my pocket King James Bible, This is what happened. So we know that Jesus hired some laborers the first thing in the morning at dawn at the marketplace. He said, hey, I'll give you a penny if you come work for me all day. They agreed to it. They went out. Well, throughout the day, Jesus keeps, or sorry, throughout the day, the landowner keeps going back to the marketplace. Throughout the day. He continues to hire laborers. It's early in the morning. It says in the third hour, the sixth hour, all the way up to the eleventh hour. From what I could tell, early in the morning was like 6 a.m., and the third hour would have been 9, the sixth hour would have been 12, and so on and so forth. And all the workers, the first workers were promised a penny, a day's wage, and then the later workers were promised what is fair. So he says and uh, whatsoever is right, I'll give to you. So like, whatever's fair, whatever's right for your work, I'll give it to you, and they went on their way. he keeps asking, why are you guys standing here idle? And they're like, no one's come and hired us. (laughs) They're just standing around waiting for someone to hire us. Verses 8 through 10, the landowner pays his workers. So he pays the ones who came last. He pays them first. So the ones that were hired at the 11th hour and so on, who barely worked at all, he pays them first and he pays them a day's wage. He gives them a penny. says, so, and then they came that were hired at the 11th hour and they received every man a penny. But when the first came, they supposed that they would receive more and they likewise received every man a penny. So the guys that got there first saw the guys that barely just got there get a penny. So they're like, oh, these guys are getting a penny. Surely, we've been working here all day. And even says, we we bore the burden of the sun. (laughs) Like the sun's been beating down on us all day. Surely, if these guys that barely just got here got a penny, this landowner, he's going to give us more. He's going to give us much more than a penny. Sorry, excuse me. And... That's not what happens. That's not what happens at all. They also received a penny. And when they received it, they murmured, saying, the good man of the house, saying, or they murmured against the good man of the house. Or saying, you, you, you made these last guys that just got here. Verse 11 says, you made them equal to us. Us, who bore the burden of the heat all day. He said, "I," and then Jesus it says in verse 13, the landowner says, hey, I, I didn't do anything wrong. Didn't you agree to work for me all day for a penny? He's like, take what is yours and go away. Says, I will give unto this last, even as unto thee. Says, it is not unlawful for me to do what I did with my own. Is thine eye evil because I am good? So the last shall be first, and the first last. For many be called, but few chosen. So it's it's interesting. The guys that just got there are being paid first. So the guys that were there all oh, day had the expectation. They saw, they built up these false expectations for themselves. This parable, I think, can be applied to a lot of different aspects of your walk with Christ. What I think of right away is the end of chapter nineteen, when the disciples are like, hey Jesus, we gave away everything. Like what's in store for us? You know, isn't like, don't you have anything special in store for us? So like the disciples could have been the workers that were there first in the day. And then you know they've been doing work in the kingdom of heaven for 2,000 years since they've died and, you know, say the world ends tomorrow and you and I are saved and they're like, we had, these guys didn't even have to work at all. We've been working 2,000 years and they get the same reward as us. Or this could be uh, somebody's lifetime, right? Somebody could have been saved they are like three years old and they've been laboring for Christ day in and day out for 70 years. And then there's that guy who's also 70 who just Accepts Jesus on the last day of his life and enters the kingdom of heaven. Like, we don't know how that works, but we know that God is just and God is right. And grace, as we find out in a little bit, is incredible. I mean, grace, his grace, we're saved by his grace alone, right? So, very cool parable. Jesus mentions this evil eye. He's like, is thine eye evil because I am good? This evil eye is referenced a lot in the Old Testament. Two specific examples I found linked on here at blueletterbible.com was Deuteronomy 15.9 and 1 Samuel 18.9. This was a phrase about jealousy. Uh, Jews would describe envious people with this evil eye yeah, so Jesus is, you know, talking about the people being jealous at the end. The last will be first, and the first that will be last. And then he ends his parable and says, Many will be called, but few chosen. So there's something to think about, too. How many people have been called to Christ, but few have been chosen. To be chosen. means that you have to put in some work, right? You got to do work. All these guys worked in the field, whether it was all day or just a little bit. I mean, they had to put in work. When they were standing idle at the marketplace, they were not yet chosen. The landowner, the master, came and got them called them out they could have said no we don't want to work today it's late i'm gonna go home watch some netflix i'll start tomorrow mr landowner well if they would have started tomorrow they would have never gotten their day's wage they wouldn't have gotten what had been due to them which is the same as what was given to the guy that worked all day interesting all right verse 17 and jesus going up to jerusalem took the twelve disciples apart in the way, and said unto them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man shall be betrayed unto the chief priests and unto the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death, and shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him, and the third day he shall rise again. Once again, like I said a couple times, a couple episodes back, Jesus never really talks about his death without also talking about the resurrection. Jesus says, hey, we will rise on the third day again. And Matthew narrating this says that they're going to Jerusalem, but the disciples knew they were going to Jerusalem. They'd been heading to Jerusalem for a while since they they left Galilee. They left South Galilee. They've been they went up to Judea, they've been challenged by Pharisees in the different lands and I'm talking about, well, they've been making their way slowly to Jerusalem and they wanted to get Jerusalem by Passover. The disciples knew where they were going. Um, but this right here is something that is very interesting that you is very easy to skip over because we know the ending already, but verse 18 says, "The Son of Man shall be betrayed." Unto the chief priests and the scribes, and they shall condemn him to death. Who shall condemn him to death? It says, And they shall deliver him to the Gentiles to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And on the third day he shall rise again. Jesus is calling this out. This is the first time that Jesus mentions that he's going to be betrayed. It says that Jesus talked about him having to die and stuff before, but He's specifically saying that he's going to be betrayed. And this is also the first mention um, where he says they're going to crucify him. Verse 19, they're going to crucify him. We knew that they were going to die, but we didn't know that it was going to be by crucifixion. I mean, it wasn't stated previously. Jesus did say, I think, twice in the previous teaching, you need to take up your cross. Right, but he he didn't tell the disciples that he was going to be hung on the cross. The cross was a was a Roman Roman death sentence. It wasn't a Jewish one. Because says on the third day he will rise again. Now Judas is there. It says all twelve disciples. He says are going to Jerusalem. So Judas is there. I wonder if Judas was like, oh no. He says he's going to be betrayed. like, man, I feel bad for whoever's going to betray that guy. Or maybe Judas knew what was going to happen already. Maybe he was already having those thoughts. The enemy plays a long game. And so does God. Verses 20 and 21. Then came to him the mother of Zebedee's children with her sons, worshiping him and desiring a certain thing of him. And he said unto her, "What wilt thou?" She saith unto him, "Grant that these my two sons may sit the one on thy right hand and the other on the left in thy kingdom." So if we remember all the way back to when Jesus called his first four disciples, we met this and we didn't meet Zebedee, but we heard of Zebedee, and I said that he was a very Wealthy fisherman, and he had servants and slaves, and he had a fishing business. Well, Zebedee, we remember it. he is actually. I think I went over that in in my disciples identified episode. Not when Jesus called them out. I did a separate episode just on disciples. Zebedee is the dad of James and John, so it says the mother of Zebedee's children came. That's the mom of James and John. James and John comes up to Jesus and Jesus, you better be taking care of my sons up in the kingdom of heaven. Uh, This woman, their mother, she's also mentioned down the road in in Matthew 27. Little disclaimer, Matthew 27 is one of the longest chapters in the Bible. Man, that chapter is so long. There's like over 60 verses in there, I think. I was at verse... 56, I think, and 27 is when this comes up. Man, it's going to be a long episode. That was going to be fun. That was going to be like my longest one ever, I think. So, anyways, reeling it back, reeling it back. She's one of the women that is mentioned with Mary Magdalene and this other woman named Mary, Mary, mother of Joseph and James, it says. That other Mary, it's pretty questionable who that other Mary is. But anyways, they're the ones that are um, tending and ministering to Jesus during the whole crucifixion. So she's she is mentioned later. So James and John does come up later. But she comes up to Jesus. Jesus, I have a favor to ask for you. Please grant my two sons that they may sit one on your right hand and one on the left hand in your kingdom. Verses 22 and 23. But Jesus answered and said, you know what you ask? Are ye able to drink of the cup that I shall drink of, and be baptized with under the bapti- baptism that I am baptized with? They say unto him, we are able. And he saith unto them, ye shall drink indeed of my cup, and be baptized with the baptism that I am baptized with. But to sit on my right hand and on my left is not mine to give, but it shall be given to them for whom... It is prepared of my father. So Jesus is asking these guys, Hey, do you guys know what this means? Like, do you are you guys ready to you guys have to follow me? Like the stuff that's about to happen to me is gonna happen to you. And they say, Lord, we're we're ready, we're able. Now were they? Who knows? There's a very interesting dynamic between these two brothers in particular, because We find out later in the book of Acts that James is the first to die. He is the one disciple whose death is recorded in the Bible in Acts. find out outside the Bible that John actually lives the longest. And John was the only disciple that wasn't killed for proclaiming Jesus. It wasn't for a lack of trying either. But John was the longest living disciple and James was the shortest living disciple. I bet Jesus knew that when he was saying this. Us knowing that now, we can look at what Jesus is saying. He's like, Hey, like the your walk, it could be a short amount of time or it could blast your whole life. Like, are you are you ready? Like are you are you are you ready to go at any time, whether now or in 70 years? I said, yes, Lord, we are able. There was this Roman coin. I read of it earlier, but I didn't write it down. It had two two things on it. One was like a, oh, man, what was a cow? One was something else. And on the coin, it represented James and John and said, like, ready at any time. Are you ready to go at any time? Or it said something like that. A very interesting uh, imagery here. Verse 24. And when the ten heard it, they were moved with indignation against the two brethren. <laughs> well, when the other ten disciples hear this, they're like, what? Like, why, why are these guys special? It's not fair, Jesus. Verse 25. But Jesus called unto him and said, Ye know that the princes of the Gentiles exercised dominion over them and they are great to exercise authority upon them but it shall not be so among you for whomsoever will be great among you let him be your minister and whosoever will be chief among you let him be your servant even as the son of man came not to be ministered unto but to minister and to give his life a ransom for many So, the newer translations in the Bible say that, for even the Son of Man came to serve and not be served, or something along those, those lines. This, this says minister, be, he didn't come to, the uh, Son of Man came not to be ministered unto you, but to minister. So, Oh yeah, another another interesting fact. Going back to the end of James and John, before the other disciples get jealous, Jesus says, "It's not my place to have them sit on my right hand or my left hand, but it is the will from my Father, the one who sent me." So even Jesus is saying, "Hey, the thing you're asking of me, only my, only my Father can, only, only the, the Most High." can make that decision. So the disciples get the other 10 start doing like, hey Jesus, what the heck? And then Jesus talks about the, the princes of the Gentiles having dominion over them. Um, yeah. And the son of man came not to serve, but not to be served, but to serve. We are called to be servants of Christ. Just as Jesus was a servant of the kingdom. Jesus gave everything. Jesus didn't receive anything from anybody. Jesus never asked anybody any favors. Yes, people invited him in the house, they gave him food. That's not what I'm talking about. I mean, of course, people that gave food to Jesus and like water and stuff. These guys walked around with nothing. They didn't have camelbacks and Cliff bars. But I mean that's Jesus asked for no no power, no political gain, nothing. I mean, this guy could have ruled the world if he wanted to, he could have done whatever he wanted. Like, the power that he displayed would have been abused by somebody what that wasn't as pure as Jesus was. Uh, Verse 29, and as they departed from Jericho, a great multitude followed him. And behold, two blind men sitting by the wayside. When they heard that Jesus passed by, they cried out, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. And the multitude rebuked them, because they should hold their peace. But they cried the more, saying, Have mercy on us, O Lord, thou Son of David. And Jesus stood still and called them and said, What will ye that I shall do unto you? They say unto him, Lord, that our eyes may be opened. Verse 34. So Jesus had compassion on them and touched their eyes and immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. End of chapter. Jesus comes across two blind men. They cry out to Jesus. Lord, heal us. What happened after they cried out? Look at this. The multitudes rebuked them because they should hold their peace. So they cried out again. Jesus, help us. We know that Jesus was determined to get to Jerusalem for Passover. So he was, he was going. He, he was booking it across vast distances. He was on a trek. He's gone. And they cried out to him. It says, he stood still. And he called them and said, what will you have me do? And they say to him, Lord, please heal us. Please open our eyes. So Jesus had compassion on them, and he touched their eyes. Here we see Jesus touching again for, for healing. And immediately their eyes received sight. How long did it take? Immediately their eyes received sight and they followed him. They weren't only just healed, but they followed him. These men's prayers stopped Jesus in his tracks and Jesus sat there and he he asked them to reaffirm their faith. What will you have me do? And then they say, how many times did it take? Three times they had to ask. What happened after the first time? The the multitudes, the world, I would call the multitudes, the world, told them to shut up. They told him, "Hey, be quiet. You don't talk Jesus like that." These are people are following Jesus. They are. Look at them. They they the multitudes. They've all been healed. It says Jesus healed all the multitudes. Like every every time there's multitudes around, Jesus is healing them all. These multitudes had received healing from Jesus. And they want to quiet these two other guys that are asking for healing. Why? Why? Do we do that? <laughs> yeah, we do that. We are the multitudes. The world. The world is the multitude. The new believer could be the blind men, the multitudes could also be the church. And the blind man could be the unbeliever, too. I have a lot I want to say right now for a lot of stuff that I'm not too knowledgeable on, but (laughs) I'm just thinking of. I was listening to this. I was watching this video on my lunch about um, this guy, he was debunking evolution, which is like the whole story of evolution is just so out of control. It's so fabricated. And so it's such just a blat- blatant lie. And it it's hilarious that they, people get away with this stuff. And it's just like the whole world believes this this huge lie. You're like there's, there's people who are trying to prove evolution. So they take uh, pictures of human fetus and they literally copy it three times. And they're like, okay, they just put this one's a human, this one's a dog, and this one's a rabbit under it. And they put it in a book. And, like, nobody's fact-checking them. <laughs> and they're like, wait, this is the exact same picture. Like, you just manipulated a little bit, you know. And, like, the whole Neanderthal man that they found in, in, in Germany right before Charles Darwin's coming out with his book. Turns out it's just a regular human that they, like, caveman up and <laughs> thing, and – they're like, dude, this guy's brain cranium that they found is larger than the modern day human. So like if anything, like this guy would have been a, a next version of a human, not like one that was previously left behind, and they said he was like thousands of years old, but they did testing on him. He's like maybe a couple hundred years old. And they said there's some scientists that were like calling out these shenanigans and said, If this guy's walking on the street today, you would not he would fit in, like he was found and they had art they had tools like they were like modern people and there's there's so much going into this but one of the the craziest things that that i was listening to is like they were talking about the eye right so your eyes are these incredible things that just defy evolution so like if you just think about an eye for instance like what good is it what good is like a half-developed eye or an eye that like, an eye just doesn't pop up out of nowhere. And evolution, you know, takes over millions of years. Like, yeah, like first of all, the Earth's not that old. Second of all, what 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 good would a 99% developed eye be, be good for in an animal that hasn't had no use for it for millions of years? And then all of a sudden, like, one day it just works? It's like the definition and the colors and everything we see from the eye, they can't even be replicated with, you know, like our... 10k plasma tvs a thousand dollars like they haven't been able to replicate this stuff and the eyes and same with the ears like you know it's just defies they're just so incredible and there's just so much that goes into like every little piece every little piece one of my favorite guys ravi ravi zachariah said uh like the big bang and evolution is like a tornado going through a junkyard and uh forming a space shuttle <laughs> out of all the pieces that are there it's like there, There is no way that all this happened. Anyways, look up your – just in order to find some of these videos, I'm going off in this weird rabbit hole. <laughs> right in order to find some of these videos, you can't look on Google. They're not on Google. Google censors all this crap. Go through – if you have an iPhone, go change your search engine to one that's not Google and not Bing. Go to like – there's one called DuckDuckGo. And Google evolution debunked. Boom. Your eyes will be open. I'm like, wow, why is Googling censoring the world for this? I don't know. It's free, it's pretty weird. Like I'm not a conspiracy theorist guy, but like it's pretty weird. Why is why can't normal people have access to this? Anyways, check it out. But just how incredible our eyes are. And Jesus heals these guys' eyes when he touches them. Like, think about how complex and how many like blood vessels and retinas and like all this stuff. Like, and, like God has the power to just go in there and make it perfect and whole again. The other thing I was going to say that I'm not really too educated to talk about, or there's somebody that I've never listened to before and I don't know, but I'm just going to bring it up, was Kanye West. I don't know much about him. Um, I'm not a fan of the new apostolic reformation and like the Joel Osteen stuff that he's hanging out with, but he's also hanging out with some guys that are, that have been vetted and that are like legit, legit Christians. And, um, what happened? Like, okay. So he comes out and he's like, Hey, I'm following Jesus now. Then the multitude spoke up and they're like, dude, shut up. Like, you don't follow Jesus. You can't. Somebody like you, you can't follow Jesus. The multitude spoke up, and he's like the blind man sitting there, and he's like, but I want to follow Jesus. And he's, uh, he's asking over and over and over again, and people are just shutting him down. No, like, you can't do that. You can't do that. Everyone's judging him. All the Christians are like, is he really saved? Is he really saved? How about instead of us being like the multitudes, of these blind men, and just shutting them up, how about we pray for him? How about we pray for his salvation? How about we pray for those who are ministering to him? Truth be told, if, if there is a grain of truth in Connie in West being saved, he can reach far, he can reach in the deep, dark places that we can never even have a chance of reaching into, that we don't even know about. Like, think about the access, all the people he has access to. I'm not defending him and the things that he's, he's done. I don't know anything about him. Like I've never listened to any of his music before. I checked out some of his, his gospel album whenever I was like, okay, it's all right. Like I don't really know. Like it's not my style of music, whatever. But is this how we treat somebody who says that they come to, to worship Jesus? I could say maybe this just like something weird. Like if he's a Tom Cruise guy, he's like, yeah, I think aliens came out of this volcano. and like, I'm going to ascend to be like a master of the universe. <laughs> like that is freaking, that's, that's weird. Like we should be, yeah, criticize that guy. The world is just so backwards now. I was in downtown San Diego not that long ago and I drove by this place and there's a mural, a mural of Michael Jackson in this restaurant. And I was like, dude, this guy raped, like, how many children, and we have pictures of him, and, like, it's okay? <laughs> what? Okay, he had some songs that people like, but does that make it okay? Meanwhile, somebody's coming out and saying, hey, I want to worship Jesus, and we're criticizing them. We're telling him that he can't because of this or because of that. Like, dude, maybe there's a chance anybody can be saved. Jesus tells us right here in this chapter, the people that came to work in the field in the last hour got paid the same same amount as the people that got paid in the first light of day that worked all day in the sun. That was not in my notes, man. I just went off right now. <laughs> just had that bottled up inside of me. All right, so. Obviously, I want to do some shows on, like, evolution and stuff and just how Bollocks and stuff is. It's so funny. Okay, one more video to check out. Look it up. Google it. Don't, don't Google it. Look it up on, like I said, DuckDuckGo or, like, one of these other search engines that doesn't track you and it's not owned by, like, super weird corporations. Another great video to watch is Ancient Aliens Deepak. It's, like, three hours long. I was laughing so hard the whole time. If you want a link to it, let me know. I'll send it to you. I sent it to my sisters. I sent it to my mom. I sent it to my mom's husband. I was like, dude, you got everyone's got to watch this. I was laughing so hard because just the blatant lies that they say in these things, and people just accept it as truth. No one's vetting these guys. No one's looking up this information. <laughs> it's it is out of control. Oh my gosh. Anyways, and I need a. I need a. I need a get myself a little bit organized here so I can speak to this in a a little more educated manner so I don't just sound like a crazy guy rambling on the radio. All right. Uh, Let's say a quick prayer, and and we'll be out of here. So, Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Lord, I pray that we have discernment, that we can see what is really false in this world. These things that are accepted as normal, Make no sense once you, once you stop looking at them from a bird's eye view and you get down into the nitty-gritty Lord, please reveal the truth to us throughout the day. please help us not fall victims to the deceptions of this world. They are many, they are scary, and without you, Father, we are lost. we need you. I pray that you enter each one of our lives you walk through it. you walk with us throughout the day. Pray that with the interact with the Holy Spirit and he guides us he protects us and he gives us the discernment to find the truth thank you Father, for everything you've provided to us in the powerful name of Jesus I pray amen All Right, guys <laughs> so future shows after Matthew <laughs> I've got a lot of stuff planned I'm going to do a ton of research um if you can pray for me, that'd be awesome. I can always use prayer. Um, anytime I'm doing this, the enemy comes under attack big time. Like things happen, just like weird things happen. Things happen at work. I'm um, just an easy target. Just, just the more I push into the word. Um, if you can pray for me, if you leave me a review, that'd be cool. Um, I love all y'all. I thank you so much for your time. Reach out to me on all the socials at empty tomb radio, empty tomb radio at gmail.com. Um, and if there's anything that I can do for you, just just please let me know. Thank you. All right. <laughs> uh, hope I didn't scare any of you off. Let me know if you want to come on the show. If not, it's all right. So until next time, thank you all. Love you all. Take care. Bye.